This is episode 45 of the Just Get Started podcast, and my guest today is the co-founder and chief evangelist at Terminus, Sangram Vajre. Let's get it started. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I am your host, Brian Andreco. Thanks again for being a part of this journey where we talk with people from all across the globe, from all walks of life, that are just trying to be the most fulfilled that they can be, and they have certain goals that they want to achieve. So, you know, they've broken outside that comfort zone of, you know, kind of society norms and really, you know, kind of going headstrong uh, to achieve those. And the gentleman I have on the podcast today has done just that, um, someone by the name of Sangram Vajre. Um, his name is spelled S-A-N-G-R-A-M, last name V-A-J-R-E. Probably best to find him online on LinkedIn, um, at Sangram Vajre on Twitter. Um, you can even check out his podcast. He does a daily podcast, flipmyfunnel.com uh, forward slash uh, podcast. But check out his work. He's the co-founder and chief evangelist of a company called Terminus. Um, they're an account-based marketing company and, and really were the pioneers of that, and if you're in marketing or in sales, you you probably you know recognize Terminus or have heard the term at least account based marketing. Um, but he's got a really neat story, you know, how he came over to the U.S. when he was 25, and just some of the things that he's had to overcome, and some of the things those building blocks that put him in the position that he's in today. I think you guys will absolutely enjoy the episode uh, with him. Excited to get into that. Before we jump in, I just did want to make one ask to the audience. You know, as I continue to um, have these great guests on here and, and share their stories, and, and they're sharing a lot of different advice to the group. It really mean a lot to get this out to more people, um, other folks that could kind of heed that advice and, and help them in their own journey. So if you guys don't mind, if you jump on iTunes, um, if you get a chance, just please leave a review, um, give me a rating, let me know how I'm doing. Um, any feedback is certainly appreciated to make this podcast better each and every episode. Well, so let's get into it. Without further ado, let's jump into my chat today with Sangram Vajre. Let's get it started. Sangram, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining today. I am excited, Brian. Uh, good to chat with you. Yeah, so I want to get into a variety of things, and, and obviously I go on a bunch of tangents, as, as the audience knows, but you know, one of the things I've, I've always appreciate is when I follow certain companies and I see their growth and, and the trajectory and, and doing great things. Now, you probably don't remember this. I don't expect you to, but... You and I met about, gosh, it was almost four years ago at the MarTech conference out in San Francisco. And I don't even think you guys had a booth there, but you were walking around, passing out some business cards. And I was really intrigued when I got to talk with you about this account-based marketing initiative and all that stuff. So we're going to get to that. I'm excited, but it's really cool just to see, you know, I've been following you over the last, you know, four years and what the company has done. Um, I, after pushing long enough, um, after beating at MarTech, I think it was a year and a half later, I finally got the company I was with at the time yeah. to actually start using Terminus. So that was good. Um, but so I want to take a step back though, as I like to do, because I think it's always neat to see where certain people come from and how they get their life on certain trajectories. So fact check me on this, but doing some research prior, is it right that, so you were a I don't want to use the word terrible, but I'll use it because I have lack of a better vocabulary, is a terrible student or weren't good um, at, at education and that sort of thing. I was curious, what prompted you to come to the U.S. and 
uh, actually want to get your master's. And then on the second part, again, fact check me on this, but I believe you have a computer science background. So what was the that age old question of like, what did you want to do when you grew up type thing? What did, what was your in your adolescence or early 20s? What was the thing you thought you were going to do kind of for your life's work? If you oh, unpack man. that, there's a few different things there, but I'm curious if you start there and that'll kind of spin the conversation. Sure. I mean, there's, a, there's I just made notes because, yes, yeah, like five questions in that one uh, one full, uh, full breadth of talk. So uh, let, let me start uh, start where you where you began which was four years ago that was the first i'm so glad you reminded me of that it was a time where we had just started uh, terminus and i was i came there purely because i wanted to see what the mark marketing landscape looks like and i was meeting scott brinker jill raleigh over there for the very first time um and and literally that was the inception of the idea of flip my phone um, as, as, as just the whole thing that led to the whole ABM movement. But I was trying to figure out how do we launch a company based in Atlanta with not a lot like first time founders with a lot, a lot of success behind our, yeah, our you know, thoughts or process around it. We're not, we were not going to, we didn't at that time think we were going to raise a lot of money. Um, and, and there are 7,000 companies in MarTech. How do you beat the odds there? So, so I felt the, on the flight back, that's when I got the idea of Flip My Funnel that that we launched. So we can definitely go on a tangent there uh, in a little bit. But that 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 particular event was a turning point for me and the company, I believe, to to figure out how do we really put ourselves out in the marketplace, talking about a problem, not the product. And that was the key for for I think the early success that we had was to really focus on the problem, build a community, not a, a set of customers to begin with. It, it was exactly the opposite of what I think most conventional wisdom goes around building companies. So, so I think that was that event was really uh, important for, for me personally and for the company. So thanks for reminding me of that. Um, the, the part of being a student, like, you know, grew up in India and, and one of the things that happened that was really interesting was my brother was here during 98, to 2001, 2002 timeframe. And obviously uh, with the unfortunate event of September 11th, um, you know, he, you know he, he kind of lost his job and he came back to India and, and he said, dude, you're not gonna get a job for the next two years. This is a good time to go get education. You have no idea what the world around us is. It's, it's beautiful. You gotta, you gotta go to America, have an experience over there and I will help you. Uh, with the application process and stuff, but then you have to figure out your own fees uh, uh, once you get there. So that's really literally got, got me to, to come to, to America. Um, and then when it comes to CS, uh, as computer science, as, as my master's, well, I mean, I was, my bachelor's is in computer science, so it just made sense to do it in it. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't because I love computers. It was, I love the idea of delivering something that's, um, that that's productive and valuable. So I, I still remember in the master's program, Brian, um, I would, um, it's actually master's is easier than bachelor's, I think, in, in many cases, because I, I, there's so many electives. So I always was part of the group where, you know, four or five of us, you know, in groups and each semester we had to present stuff. Um, I'll be the one who would be presenting because none of the other folks wanted to present and they were scared to stand in front of the class and tell what they were doing. So 
I really didn't code much. I just understood the problem and, and said, okay, well, I'll create some slides and I'll talk about it. And they were also happy that they, they all were fighting to have me on their team, not because of my coding skills, but because I could tell a story and present and make, uh, make you know, not let them sweat on the stage. So all that to say is that, man, I've had a, a heck of a journey in the last you know, five, 10 years uh, since, since the startup and even before that doing masters and stuff and all of those have just been fond memories and nothing less. So how did you transition then from computer science and that kind of mindset to marketing? Where, where was the switch for you? Was there a specific event that happened or was it something gradual over time? You know, it, the, so when I was doing a master's um, at the University of Alabama, for people who are listening, Roll Tide, uh, the, the part that was interesting was Deloitte Consulting came and hired um, typically a lot of folks. So I got hired by Deloitte Consulting uh, in Atlanta, and that led me to be on a, as a consultant. Uh, part of it was a little bit of development, but really was more, again, presentation and yeah, understanding client needs and, and those kind of things. And then I was traveling a lot and, you know, my, I got married and my wife was like, we're not traveling so much. So why not you settle down, find another job? So I went, found another job and, and did a couple of different things. Uh, and all along, I felt like, I think I can do it, but I still don't have a passion for anything. And I probably spent 10 years of my early career doing really good and getting promoted and everything, but not really feeling that I was super passionate about it until... Uh, in I think it was in 2007 or eight, um, I, I moonlighted with a couple of friends of mine for three years. Every Sunday we'll meet, we'll work on something. The weekdays we will work on development. I learned everything about marketing, just literally moonlighting it with them uh, for about three years. Uh, we had somebody to develop, but I was doing SEO and all the cool like email, the product vision, the the whole all those things that marketers typically do. And I learned and I fell in love with marketing, uh, especially because you can instantly see the results of what you're trying to do. Uh, that got me going. So I literally changed my career and I found a startup company and went from like a leadership role to a business analyst in the marketing function because I really wanted to get into marketing. It, it was a big, big uh, financial uh, kind of hit, but also... Uh, emotional because you, when you're in a leadership position, you know, it's, it's very different than being an analyst at, at a startup company where you're, you know, very different. Uh, but, but I think that was the best decision of, of my career at that time. And, and then I was very fortunate to be um, picked up by Pardot uh, to help run their marketing. And then that led to Salesforce and that led me to start Terminus. So a lot of fortunate events happen after that, but the real trigger or the turning point, as you said, was really me making a conscious decision to go work at the startup uh, at a much lower level for a lower money, uh, you know, even though it was uh, because it, it really mattered to me that that I'm going to learn something that I'm going to be super passionate about. You know, I, I really want to talk about marketing a good amount because there's a lot of folks on here who probably, you know, could, could use the advice or, or maybe want to pick up some different things. I'm just curious, you know, the growth, obviously, of a person, right, and, and how you evolved. What do you remember, and, and if you if you do, either on a good side or, or take the, the bad approach of what you thought marketing was about back then, so 10, 11 years ago, <laughs> and what you've learned in that time that it actually is about? You know, that, that's a great question, Brian, because 
I, I feel like because I'm not from a marketing, like a traditional marketing background, um, I was always a misfit from day one in, in, a, in a marketing organization because I did not look at the four P's or the product pricing, whatever that is that people learn. Um, I, I looked at it as the greatest way to make change happen is marketing. Uh, it's absolutely be the, the thing. As a matter of fact, I recently just interviewed Seth Godin um, and he wrote the book, What is Marketing? Which I think every, oh, sorry, he wrote This is Marketing, which I think everybody should read. And he writes in this book as well, like, you know, you really, you, you, every person, every company's job, at the end of the day, if they're going to be successful or not, it is their ability to change and have impact on, on any kind of change that they want to happen. Even if you think about presidential elections and stuff, like people remember that Barack Obama stood for change or Donald Trump stood for make, uh, make America great again. Uh, but people don't remember what Joe Biden really, or, or you know, has, has really won, like what is his word or uh, any of the presidential claim, uh, candidate like Hillary Clinton and others, regardless of how, what, how good they could have been or would have been, that's a different point, uh, what your political preferences, but they all had a, a phrase, a way to connect with people that got people to change and take action. And I think that's what marketing is really all about. So uh, to me, I think most people in 10 years ago, and even now, I feel like the, maybe the biggest thing that I see, most people are really getting into marketing as a technology. Marketing is for uh, either you're, you're just creating buzzwords that don't really connect with people and you're just out there, or you are so techy and nerdy that you want to tie every single thing. And I feel like marketing is kind of in the middle there. You, you need to be able to tell a empathy-based story around why you do what you do um, and not how you do as much because the how part will be already figured out and all those things, the data sheets and product collaborator and all that stuff. But the why you do and, and, and like the reason you are doing that, I think that's what marketing is all about. And I feel like I don't think most marketers really spend much time on it. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, I actually agree fully with that because, you know, I, I think a lot of marketing is heart. And, and, and really that empathy and understanding at yeah, what you're, you know, the, the folks that you're trying to bring in, maybe your organization as clients or customers or whatever, how does it impact them? I like how you talked about it earlier is, hey, we we're trying to solve a problem um, instead of just pushing a product. And I think that's, you know, a lot of it comes off as that pushing product type. Um, and that's where maybe marketers get a bad rap um, sometimes. Um, you know, kind of the, 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 you know, Gary Vaynerchuk marketers ruin everything type, um, you know, phrase, but I really think, yeah, if, if kind of the leading with your heart and, and understanding what people um, really need and try to, how, how to evaluate that, I think that's the approach to take personally. Um, so I think you're on point with some of that as well. Um, and, you know, I'm curious, I, I guess on that then, and, and that maybe leads a little tangent, but for you and, and having this did you see a big problem when you want, wanted to start Terminus or was it a scratch your own itch type of something you were trying to solve internally um, and that's what propelled that forward? I'm curious what avenue maybe took you in that direction. Oh man, that's a great question. Um, so Terminus was started six months prior to me joining um, uh, by my other two co-founders, Eric Spett and Eric Vass. And they started with this idea of, hey, we need to figure out to get advertising. 
there's a big gap in the marketplace. Advertising is not um, really targeted, especially in the B2B space. There's there's only one or two players out there, so it's a big open wide game. Uh, um, you know, blue oceans. So let let's just dive into it. And so they started about four or six months prior to me joining, and I saw one um, them present at one of the startup events when I was at Salesforce, and I was like instantly this is a product not an agency so next thing i know all three of us ended up spending three days or so on a whiteboard uh talking about like all the different things happening and then at the end of the day end of the conversation i was like this is account-based marketing and mind you this is 2014 uh 2015 so this is this is like way before people think about abm as a thing right now but at that time and uh and and the reason why I was so excited to do this. And, and they literally said, well, if you think this is so hot, we don't see anything, anybody talking about ABM. I'm like, exactly. That's why we need to do this. So he's like, why did you come join us and do this? And that's why we, you know, I came in as a co-founder and, and started a lot of things that, that you know of and wrote the first book on ABM and all that stuff. But the, the reason it was, and why I was at that startup event is because of this very thing that happened to me. When I was at Pardot and you know through the acquisition and at Salesforce, I remember a month where we hit every single record that was possible for marketing in terms of number of leads, number of influence on the pipeline, number of uh, events that we needed to do, number of attendees we needed to have, all those kind of things. And I was really feeling good about myself, like really rock star good kind of feel, right? Really proud good, right? In, in that kind of good. And I remember. The very next day, the, the head of sales came to me and said, Sangram, awesome job. Kudos to you and your team. This is really cool. Can you just get 1,000 more leads starting next month? Because we need, we need that to happen. And I just sat in my chair and sunk um, because I literally felt like, wait a minute. So what am I? Right? Am I like, are we just a like coin-operated lead collector? Is it like the universe is filled with leads and we just need to go Put a, put a net out there and catch as many fish as we can. Well, what's going on? Nobody's talking about velocity. Why are we not talking about the accounts? Why are we not talking that our win rate could be better? Like, why are we not talking about how do we expand and engage these accounts that are sitting there in debt? These are so many different things. And that led me to this challenge where, where I also realized that on the sales side, you hire account executives. You really don't hire lead executives. So we giving them leads didn't matter because they were not worried about leads. They cared about the leads in their accounts. And that's why uh, I started to look and explore the idea of account-based marketing. And, and fortunate as, as I was, uh, I found um, Spad and Bass working on a very similar idea of doing it. And if they were not doing what they were doing, I may not have joined. I may not have done anything, quite honestly. Uh, because I didn't have the itch to just be a be an entrepreneur for the sake of it. I really, really care about solving this problem. So if this problem is solved, Brian, quite honestly, in the next few years, uh, I don't know what I would do because I, I found myself in it. Like if I'm passionate about something, I will put everything in it. And unless I'm passionate about something, uh, I don't think um, I want to work on it. So th at this very moment, this is all I'm thinking about. What is some advice you might share, you know, folks that maybe they're looking to start a company or maybe they're, they're already in and they're kind of getting going, maybe things you've learned over the last, you know, four years or so uh, that you would say, hey, make sure you look at this or make sure you check this 
you know, box as you start kind of trying to grow a company? Are there any things you learned, any stumbles along the way that you'd share um, to help others out? Uh, a few things that come to mind, Ryan. Uh, I think one of them we just talked about, and I cannot um, uh, like get people to think about that um, at this point more so, is, is the idea of focus on the problem over product. And, and I say that with a lot of, lot of heart um, to do that, because when you start talking about a product, it turns people off. When you start talking about problem that they face, you bring people together. You start forming a community uh, of people, not just customers, but people. So think about problem first, as opposed to product first. There's a lot of talk about product market fit. Well, that will come only after you have a problem that's very clearly defined and there are people who are galvanizing around the problem. And it's so easier to do that now than ever, which is you can start a meetup group, you can start a, 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 um, a virtual webinar, or you can do a podcast. You can find if this is an interesting problem or not. And if there are more people thinking about the same problem, then you have a market. And if you have a market, then you go build the product. So it's really a reverse psychology, build, create the market first or figure out the market first before you go build the product. So something something that's, I hope, probably counterintuitive to most people. Uh, and maybe the second thing, Brian, I would add to that is, if it is not a pain point, and, and maybe you are someone who wants to be an entrepreneur, because it's kind of cool, uh, find someone who actually has the problem to be your partner, uh, a co-founder or work with or something like that, because it will happen to you and it happens to everybody, which is, it is so, such a grind and you're gonna have days and nights where you question why you're doing what you're doing. And at that point, if you don't have a North Star of why you're doing it, you're gonna, you're gonna give up. And that's why hundreds and thousands and millions of businesses fail every year and only a few succeed. It's not that they were smarter than everybody else. It's I feel they just had more courage and more passion for the problem than everybody else in that sector or industry. So if you don't have that, find someone that, that has that so that they will help you with the North Star. Um, but if not, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not as easy as it might look. Yeah, that's a really sound uh, advice there. I appreciate you sharing that insight. You know, I, I want to ask, so th this is more of a, uh, a choose your own adventure. You can pick where you want to start on this. So one of the things I'm always passionate about, and, and I love seeing that people and companies are doing is when they try to grow their brand, you know, that word brand gets thrown out there so much, but I don't think you can just sit inside the, the doors, lock the doors and just kind of pound away on, on code is you're out there and you're trying to grow the, the flip my funnel movement. So you've written book you're out there speaking a lot you have the podcast going take on any one of those three or you can touch on all of them why is it so important for you to be out there and share the message in those different forms i mean how has that been impactful for terminus and, and the community oh man i mean that's uh, that's my next book <laughs> uh um uh, you know hopefully one day i'll write about this it's to me it's it's the new way of marketing um, and again, because I don't come from a traditional world, um, I, I don't feel there are any rules um, that applies to, to marketing. I think marketing is probably the most evolving and changing field than anything else out there. The, the, one of the big reasons why I love that, uh, all the things that we're doing, and I'll, I'll literally pick on all, all three of them, Flip My Funnel was just a blog, and it would have stayed a blog 
um, if we would not have taken it and pushed it and turned it into an event. We turned that into an event and now there, we've done nine or 10 events. Uh, we're doing the one uh, next, like uh, last year we did um, in Boston, we had over a thousand people and Terminus still is a booth just like every other booth. And my keynote is still about the problem and not about the product. We do not have product keynotes. And that was a conscious choice. It is about building a, a category and a community. So, so that's really where it started. The, the podcast was an extension of it is that we have so much content from all of these events that we did that was recorded. We started to just play the recordings of it. That recording started to just have a ton of people um, connect with. So I'm like, great. So why not start interviewing people that led to like, why don't we do daily interviews that led to not co-hosting. Now there are people who are co-hosting from the community on the flip my phone podcast instead of just me. So it, it really, again, thinking about building a category that is more than you, bigger than you and trying to solve the problem, not just talk about your product. Um, you think about the book, nobody throws a book away. So if you want to build a category, if you want to build a movement, um, you, you can write an ebook that people may or may not read or download and whatever. But if you send a book to someone, nobody throws a book away and now you're published and now there's validity to it. And we had Bali help us publish the book. So there's credibility that came with it. All that to say is that it all came back to us because ABM did not exist. We needed to do things that will make this a mainstream conversation and a conference, a book, a podcast, any and every, things like this changes the conversation. You really have an opportunity to create your own narrative and build the community around it. And once you have it, then all other conversations, all other companies, all other ecosystem will emerge out of it because there is no such thing as category of one. So we needed that to happen. As a matter of fact, even in the, at the Flip My Funnel conferences, we invite our competitors to come and speak and have a booth. And we're not afraid of that. So all these things is really, at least from my perspective, it's all about building this idea of a new brand category that requires media, competitors, customers, future customers, everybody coming together, partners, uh, feeling like it's an industry event and it's a new evolution of something. And if they're not part of it, and if you exclude them and try to make it all about you, then you're going to, you're going to miss out on the bigger opportunity that the market has to offer. So that, that's kind of my, my take on it. You actually mentioned something there. I had a note written down. I, I'll ask it now since it's kind of uh, on the same note around, you know, obviously talking about competitors and, and bringing in clients and stuff. How did you guys get your first few clients? How, how did you sell that idea of account-based marketing where no one ever heard of it? Well, I mean, the I remember the very first um, call. Um, me and my co-founder was on the call and um, we had Amanda who was our intern at that time, she picked up the phone. Uh, she set up a meeting for, um, you know, for for this thing, which was incredible. So I just hopped on a call and was so passionate as I am right now um, around the idea. And I remember she's saying, uh, and her name is Gretchen. She's all still our customer, our very first customer. And she said, "This sounds really cool. Well, can you really do this?" And you know, we're like, "Yeah, we can." Um, and and she's like, "Okay, well, how much is it for?" And at that time, we, did, we were so crazy about the problem that we're solving. We never talked about the pricing. So I remember muting the phone and asking my co-founder, hey, what do, you, what do you think we should sell this for? And he said, dude, you're the marketer. You come up with a price. And I said, 250 bucks a month. And he said, yeah, why not? And then I unmuted it and said, 250 bucks a month. And that's how we sold our very first product. And pure, 
pure passion uh, because I think in the early days of the first 10 to 20 customers, you're not selling the product actually. You're, you're actually selling yourself. You're selling the passion for the problem you're solving because you have no idea. Like the product we were selling uh, at that time has evolved so much more. It's so much more bigger. It's so much more. We're like 700, 800 customers now. It is so much bigger than what I was selling at that time. But the vision for it, what they could do with this product was equally big at that time. So to, to me, it, it really in the first 10, 20 deals, Brian, I think it was, wasn't the product. It was more the idea and the passion of selling it. And that's, that's really neat. I like the, the muting the phone and making it up on the fly. That's always nice. Uh, <laughs> the, um, so I know we have a, a short time today. Um, I want to ask one more question. And I don't know if you get this a lot or not, but I'm, I'm really curious um, because you're out there a lot. A lot of people know who you are. You're on LinkedIn actively, those type of things. What's one thing people would be surprised to know about you? Ooh, all right. Um, I think people might be surprised. I have no direct reports in the company. Um, whatsoever. So I used to have marketing, sales, customer success, all of that reporting into me. Um, and I'm such a big, you know, like big in the sense face of the company. And I'm, as you said, I'm all, all the time out there. I've actually no direct reports in the company. And I moved into that, that shift uh, because I was just trying to make sure that I'm not burning out. And the first three years were such a, uh, even as, as we're growing and scaling and all that, it took such a big part. Like it, it was such, a lot of work that I needed this this last year and a half to decompress in a way and still continue to do what I'm really really good at and and I felt like it all it was unanimous where I felt it and so did everybody around me is like what do you want to do and I'm like I just want to spread the gospel of ABM I'm like okay well you do that and and that led me led us to hire CRO CMO and all the other roles in the organization and. In a way, it helped us grow faster because I was able to pull myself out of the weeds and, and be more out there than in there. So uh, most people might be surprised. I actually have no direct reports at uh, Terminus anymore. Sangram, this has been awesome. I know we had a short time, short conversation, but man, we, we packed a lot in. Um, this was really fun to get a chance to chat with you again. And uh, good luck to you in the future. I'm excited to see where you guys take this over the next several years and uh, definitely be following your journey. Brian, thank you so much for uh, the opportunity. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed that interview. And one more quick thing before you head off on your day. If you don't mind, head over to iTunes, leave me a review, let me know how I'm doing. I certainly appreciate the feedback. It only is going to make this podcast better each and every episode. As always, you guys can find me online, uh, brianondraco.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-O-N-D-R-A-K-O, as well as on Instagram or Twitter, at brianondraco. Thanks again for listening in. I hope you guys have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll see you soon. Take care.